0: Aggression, ruthless. Aggression, ruthless aggression. The John Bradshaw Layfield era. Eddie Guerrero is WWE champion.
1: Evolution.
0: My name is C.
1: M. And I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Yo, real quick, right before we get started, guys, this episode was not recorded how we normally do. It was recorded on Skype. So sorry about any audio crap that you deal with on here. Should be gone by next week. Thanks, guys. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to episode seven Ruthless Retrospective. I am your number one contender, Greg, here with the reigning, defending, undisputed podcast champion of the world, Razor Rob, the Broken One. If our audio sucks, I'm sorry, the thing we normally record on, I would say something, and then it would be silence, and it would still be silence, and then Rob would hear me, and I don't want to talk for an hour like that, so... I had to sacrifice audio, but you guys get an episode, so do with that what you may. You get quality in the potting over sound quality.
0: Just yep. so that, that's oh. all that that's all that matters, baby.
1: Rob, I do want to send a huge thank you out to everybody because last week was holy shit, our best week we have ever had on this show. Yep. Yep. Yeah, lots of people. Bonus episodes, the current episode, and the whole back catalog. I don't know what happened, but thank you guys. To the Australian dude listening, G'day, mate. I hope that's not offensive to Australians. I don't know how that works. So if it was, I'm just a dumb American. Please don't think anything less of me.
0: I I, I think they like it, actually.
1: I Uh, I, I don't know. We'll find out, I'm sure. But anyway, Rob, I think we might have to change the name to our show.
0: What would we change it to?
1: Well, like, two weeks ago, I lost a quarter, what I would consider a quarter of a tooth. Ah. And then yesterday, the the <laughs> other, I lost another half of same tooth. And now I just got this weird pokey thing in my mouth where my tooth used to be. And so I'm going to start calling us toothless retrospective.
0: <laughs> it's like, because <laughs> for those who don't know, um, due to multiple... Clotheslines, spin kicks, spinning back fists, and multiple other injuries of mosh pit variety. Um, and just from having bad genetics, I'm missing my four front teeth as well. So
1: are you missing four are... of them? Yeah. I thought you were just missing the two. I never realized those four. Hey,
0: you know, I have all four of my front teeth are gone. So oh. we are we are now the Toothless Aggression Podcast. Toothless Retrospect.
1: That's that's what's coming down to here. I, I turn, how old do I turn? I turn 28 tomorrow. There's no better feeling of welcoming in an older age than losing a fucking tooth right before it. Let me tell you.
0: Let me tell you something, Sonny. In uh, three more months I turn 30. So I don't want
1: to hear. <laughs> you turn 30 in three months. <laughs> You're so freaking old. Holy crap. I well, anyway, it. this is episode seven of Ruthless Retrospective. And this is Raw from July 15th, 2002 in Re- in East Rutherford. Am I saying that right, Rob?
0: East Rutherford, New Jersey, which is now home to the Giants and Jets Stadium.
1: In now, I had to look up where they were because they only said the arena they were at. They never said what city they were at.
0: It's, li- it's literally New York City.
1: It's, oh, okay. It's that it's, deal, like how they have WrestleMania in New York, but it's actually in New Jersey.
0: Yeah, it was in, where they had WrestleMania is where, where this arena was is now where the stadium is.
1: Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: It's, it's like on the like pier, I guess. All I know is Pat McAfee's one dude ran his RV under a low clearance spot when going to WrestleMania that year.
1: Uh well, anyway, it was, it was this meat worthy. This is a big one, Rob. This, this is, yeah, we know we start this where Vince comes out and gives the ruthless aggression speech. But if you ask me, this is where it starts. This, this Ross. This is it. This because, is good. A big one. The
0: big one. The huge one, as Donald Trump would say.
1: This is where we get rid of those last little bits of the Attitude Era a little bit, and we usher in one of the big things that will be a running thing throughout this whole era, whether it's this man or not, but this is it. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. The show starts with, of course, Union Underground, but Taker's talking to Paul Heyman, and we found our main event tonight will be Paul Heyman teaming with Brock Lesnar, which, am I correct, and this is the only time that has ever happened? Um,
0: actually, Paul Heyman usually accompanies Paul, Brock Lesnar out to the ring every night. So, no, it's not the first time, Greg. But, Paul, Brock Lesnar teams with The Undertaker.
1: Oh, fuck. Did I say <laughs> Paul Heyman teaming with Brock Lesnar? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, Paul Heyman announces The Undertaker and Brock Lesnar tagging the other. Yeah, get off this- my ass, Rob. I've had a stressful time trying to even get this show up. <laughs> So, Am I this, correct? Is that the only time Taker and Lesnar have teamed up?
0: I believe so, yes. It was just okay. this Raw. Uh, and it was actually before uh, we got the theme.
1: Yeah. yeah, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, we actually opened this.
1: Um, and then this is the big thing. You know, you get the whole Brock take. Yeah, they cut a promo backstage. But anyway, skipping over that, because I'm not talking about every single thing. Um, <laughs> the NWO music hits. Right. Wow. Last wow. week on Raw, we saw Kevin Nash tear his quad, and they're hitting that storyline big. Like, that's the whole Triple H Return storyline is about that. So, something big is going to happen with NWO, right? They're all coming out to the ring, Rob, right? Yep, yep, nope. No. What? Go ahead, Rob, enlighten the listeners.
0: So, you get the... Bow, 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 playing, you get the chroma effect on the screen, and outstruts. The great fruits of Awesomeness, Vince McMahon. And he gets halfway down the, r- the, r- the ramp, and the chroma cuts off, and it's just normal. And he struts into the ring, strutting his stuff, and he goes, Did you enjoy that? Did you enjoy the NWO theme? Because guess what, people? That is the last time you will hear it. And why, This, why is
1: it- yeah. There, there was no story build to this, Rob. There was <laughs> no the NWO was pissing Vince off. There was no nothing. This this was out of left field. Am I correct?
0: Yeah, it was just, just total, total shock. Because, I mean, they were really heavily building that Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, at least from what we've watched the last two Raws.
1: Oh, and let's be honest. Triple H is a huge deal around this time. And so to focus his returning storyline around the NWO and then just write it off for no reason, something's up.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like... Uh... Kind of like recently what they did with the whole hacker thing, but I think that's starting to pay off with the whole retribution thing. I don't know, but yeah, it's it's just weird. Like they just 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 poof. It was like Thanos snapped and it was gone.
1: I've never and I've you know I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. I've watched a lot of wrestling shows and like I've never heard this covered. Um, Maybe I just missed it. Maybe it's not some great mystery. But do you have any idea why they just cut the NWO out of existence? I mean,
0: you, you, we had talked about this when we were getting ready to not not tonight, but like over the last two weeks when we were getting to this episode and like what all happened. And you said about maybe it was because Bischoff was back, and he didn't want the NWO being him being tied to the NWO because it was his past, and this was a new chapter for him. Uh, there's also. Go ahead. There's also the fact that I think around this time in real life, this is when X Pac started going back down his downward spiral of drug and alcohol abuse. And we you I don't think you see X Pac on X X Pac. You got it. No, you got it. Okay, I thought I didn't. I I don't think you see him on any WWE programming again for many years after that, last week's
1: episode. That, that, That'll be interesting to see if that's the case. I The only other thing I thought is, well, we know Kevin Nash tore his quad last week after being injured before that, so it was his first time back. Hogan's on SmackDown, Hall's gone. So really, how much of an NWO are we working with here?
0: I mean, literally, the only OG member
1: from besides
0: the big three, Hall, Nash, and Hogan, that would be associated with this iteration would have been xpoc
1: it wasn't big Show? was he when he was the giant was he in the nwo
0: he it was later when they were doing the whole nwo white and whole nwo red and then there was the latino world order and then there was the bwo and then there was there was there was there was nwo world there was nwo japan there was nwo can i'm i'm done I'm so, yeah,
1: when, when everyone was pretty much in the NWO, he was in yeah. Okay, so that's honestly where I'm guessing. Because I feel like the Bischoff thing was worked out before a week's notice.
0: I would hope so.
1: But I, I ho- it says WWE, who knows.
0: Yeah, I would hope Vince wasn't like, Shit, this is not good shit. We need good shit now. Well, how are we going to focus around Triple H's return? Aha, I'll call Bischoff. We'll get Bishop in here. He'll be the Raw General Manager. He's going to make a deal with the SmackDown General Manager that I'm not going to say the name of because we'll reveal that on SmackDown Episode 8. Um, well, He'll make a deal to get Triple H on, on Raw from SmackDown and he'll show up with vengeance. That's what we'll do to save this storyline.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, but I don't think it did happen. But anyway, yeah. Vince comes out and says the NW is done, pretty much. It's a lot of He's talking about eras and everything but it really it's all just a way to say the NWO's done and he announces that he's hired two general managers which we are we already showed our hand about our huge thing but we'll get more to it later and he says a general manager for Raw one for Smackdown one and I will release I will announce the Raw general manager within the hour now do you remember watching this live or did you not see this live I can't
0: remember if I watched this episode live or not.
1: Okay. Well, knowing what, pretending you don't know what you know, where do you think people's heads were going with this? Like, because let's be honest, nobody guessed Bischoff. That is, it's, yeah. it's genius. It's it's super smart. Oh, yeah. Like, so who do you think people are guessing?
0: I mean, McFoley. Like, even we get to a segment later on, his name comes up. Uh, I mean Paul Heyman's there, you know, even though he is the advocate of Brock Lesnar,
1: they yeah, you know, is it, they... it was super smart, nobody would have expected like Eric Bischoff. That'd be like now if Vince comes out and is like, I've I'm brought in a new general manager, please welcome Dixie Carter.
0: That yeah. Yeah, it would be um, weird. Or I brought in a new general manager because the whole thing with uh the guy that was mainly behind it getting AEW on TNT, yeah, he got he got canned apparently. Yeah, so it'd be like Vince coming out now and be like, "I got a new general manager for Raw, Cody Rhodes," and you know Cody shows oh, up. Oh yeah, like, what the hell's going on here?
1: Exactly. That's more of a level because Dixie Carter never really put it to WWE. Uh-oh. So but anyway, yeah, that's that's what happens. Um, then we go to commercial after that whole thing. Uh, you see the locker room watching the TV, we did get
0: Ter- you know, did you notice? Um, with when the locker room was watching the TV, did you notice that? Uh, maybe oh, never mind, that's later, that's later. Okay, okay, sorry.
1: Uh, Terry interviews Flair, it's literally just about doesn't even really mention his match later tonight, it's him and Rob Van Dam versus Taker and Lesnar, but just about who the general manager is. Flair says he doesn't want that job. Um. Oh, we finally get to our first match of the night. Holy crap! This far into it, we get one of your favorites. You love multi-man tag matches, Rob.
0: Oh, see, I like when they're done like this, though. Oh, okay. A good multi-tag, ma- good multi, because I like I like the trios cup in like luchador wrestling, and and like in, in over in Japan when they do like the trios and stuff. I like trio trio tag team wrestling. I, uh, once you get over three, it gets a little sketchy for me.
1: Is it the elimination aspect you like, or you just think three is still a decent number? Well, I think three
0: is a decent number for a regular tag match. Plus, when you add the elimination stipulation, it does help me stay connected in, into it. Yeah. Especially especially when it's done like it was tonight.
1: Yeah, it's, and tonight was the six-man elimination tag match. Jeff Hardy with Bubba and Spike versus William Regal and Ben Eddie. We're still, like we said, the NWO angle's dead, so they're still pulling this thread through a little bit, though, with all these guys. It's a chaos start. Everyone brawling. Uh, Do you just want to run through the finishes? Because, man, there's a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, Eddie, Eddie, uh, when they were not... When the... Match was, the entrances are happening at the match. We learned that the Dudleys will be facing Eddie and Benoit at Vengeance in a tables match.
1: Yeah, Uh, that'll be good. I Well, tables matches are great, but they also have, I feel like, the biggest room for an error finish. Aside from maybe a first blood match.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, how how many table matches do you think had the wrong finish?
1: Oh, so many. Especially in WWE with their tables, which are a little flimsier.
0: Like, how many, how, many, how many, like, months and months of story work had to get rewrote, like, rewrote re- wrote to add a month in because a table match didn't go the way of a supposed. Yeah.
1: Big Show steps through one at one point, I remember. I don't remember who that match was against, but he literally <laughs> yeah. walked through a table and broke it. And the rep just rang the bell, and we were, oh, my God. Dude, Dude first good- blood matches, though, are also the other one, because you get a nosebleed or, like, a scrape on your head, you better hope that oh. camera doesn't pick it up. Yeah. So uh, um, spike's out first. Roll up cradle by Eddie. Uh, we get
0: uh, a poetry in motion spot.
1: Yeah. Uh, Bubba does a real stupid idea because he gets himself DQ'd because he hits Regal with the belt. Now, if you're going to get yourself DQ'd in an elimination match with the idea of... This is kayfabe. I'm not talking like real life where we know it's fixed. But if you want to get yourself DQ'd you better pull something huge off, like oh, decimate be- the person so that way your team has the advantage. Not smack him with the belt. I
0: mean, it was a botched title shot, though, because it was actually Regal trying to hit Jeff, and Bubba broke it up, and then Bubba got caught. It, it's, it's a classic Eddie cheating thing, you know?
1: Yeah. Hey, Which doesn't work as good when he's heel. I don't know why. Eddie cheating is the only wrestler that works better doing it as a face.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know why either. So Bubba gets disqualified, but I do agree with you. Like, if, if this was K-Pab, like, you would want to, like, I don't know, like, almost break that dude's ankle with, like, a chair. Or, like, like break his, like break his wrist or something. Like, take him out for the rest of the match. Yeah. So, like, by, by injury, he gets eliminated. Uh, but
1: it's like so right we got this the- classic Jeff versus three.
0: Yeah. But it doesn't last long because Jeff hits a massive swanton on Regal. Literally, like, maybe 30 seconds after the public gets disqualified. And Regal's out.
1: Yep. Uh, Eddie distracts the ref. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Oh, Jeff takes the power of the punch. And let's just get to the finish because this is too hectic. Jeff passes out from the crossface. One of the few times I've seen someone actually pass out. Yeah. Um, what, Rob. Yeah. What did you give this match? I gave it a 6 out of 10.
0: I did enjoy it. Um, I did not enjoy how they did the finish though. I didn't enjoy with how much... there was a lot of like segments on this raw. I felt like they could have dragged this this match out for maybe like three to five more minutes and actually got some legit uh pinfall finishes for eliminations.
1: Yeah, it's weird because what you said earlier hit home. I like these kind of multi-man tag matches a lot, elimination ones. For some reason, I'm okay with a bunch of the guys being in there if it's elimination style because it, it feels more something's at stake. You have more story room to play with. Like, you can have it come down to one guy and everything. But this one, like you said, it, it didn't quite get there for me. I gave it a five and a half. So, pretty close to you. We're right on the money.
0: We're always on the money with each other on these.
1: <laughs> yep. And then uh, Eddie gets a table up because, of course, they're having a table match. And the Dudleys come out to save Jeff.
0: Yep. Uh, Cut back to Coach talking about the GM rumors outside Mister McMahon's office. Uh, Paul Heyman shows up, and uh, Coach says that rumor has it that he's in line. And Paul Heyman says, "Who's better? Who better than the Mad the the Mad Mad the Madman? Yeah, Madman
1: that ran ECW. Um, He he has a point." And spoilers for, like, a year later happens on SmackDown.
0: Yep. um, He goes in, the door shuts, and I now know we're one of the uh, backstage, like, handlers, I guess you could say.
1: I put assistant, in, yes.
0: Storms into, the, uh, into Vince's locker room and says, hey, the new GM's here. You want me to tell you William's here? He's here. Yep. Yeah. And Heyman, like, runs off real quick, a little upset because he's not the new GM. And Vince's face goes from really excited to really – like irritated, I I'm irritated would be the good. No, because he like, wasn't really. He wasn't pissed. It wasn't like a pissed facial expression, but it
1: was definitely irritated.
0: Yeah. Because who's here, Greg?
1: Shane O'Mac.
0: Here comes the money.
1: You missed. You missed a commercial break. You, oh. There was a commercial break, in there. that's why it's not like he's here and he walked in instantly. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. But anyway, yeah, Shane O'Mac comes in, and I gotta say that they're they're laying their cards out. But I still don't think you would have known. It's hard because it's a retrospective. Well, so we yeah. know what happens. But I still don't think watching this at home, I knew who was coming out.
0: No, because it, it, it's hard because it could have it been recent. It could have been, so. been, been anyone that has caused harm to the production of WWE in the past.
1: And exact, and it could have been kayfabe-wise. Like, it could have been Flair. Like, probably not because he's still there, but you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be yeah. a real-life version of someone who was doing it. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many. It could have been Randy Savage. Like, you don't it, know. Could have been Piper. Yeah, the, 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 the possibilities were endless for this. But yeah, he says this guy's a parasite. He's terrible. You're throwing the company away. So it just gets your minds buzzing. You still don't know who it is. He says, I'm here to stop you from making a mistake.
0: Yeah, because the the, fan, the business that my grandfather, your father, and you and built for your future grandkids is at stake. And this, this guy will run into the ground when he gets his first chance.
1: Yeah. Next, I know you love this because I did too, especially when it turns into the match. We get Tommy mm-hmm. Drever and RVD in the locker room talking about Heyman r v d leaves I'm like, this is weird. why are they just talking and I'm like, oh to so set up another talk.
0: We'll time out real quick remember remember last week's episode how I was upset that they were miscalling the move that r v d did to heyman yeah well guess what what it is that they've said it four times they say it four times alone in this segment it is van van Amber Term- mad they got it wrong It is the van Terminator
1: good call Rob well done. I am the uh,
0: play-by-play
1: of this team on
0: commentary.
1: Look, and so Stevie Richards comes in, challenges Dreamer to a Singapore cane match because they already scheduled to have a match. He said, "Let's make it extreme." Yeah. Dreamer accepts, and then Stevie attacks him with the cane. What is going on with Steven Richards at this time, Rob? I gotta ask you. It, it, is this before Right to Censor, is this after? No, I did check. This is after Right to
0: Censor. So, like, there he's just kind of like floating. He doesn't, he, he doesn't really have a gimmick. he's just Stevie Richards.
1: So if Steve, if this was in more today's climate, he would have been a COVID release.
0: Oh, definitely,
1: definitely. Oh. Yeah, because I'm like, what, what the hell's going on Because he was definitely healed last week, but he starts this face in here, but then he's secretly healed. I'm like what are they doing with Stevie? Here?
0: I mean, I mean, he wasn't really phased because he actually if you in in the whole context of what he was saying to Tommy, you know. He 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 starts off saying, Yeah, Tom, you did a good job sticking up for us old ECW boys last week, you know, cutting on cutting down Heyman for cutting on us. But he's like, All all I saw through it all, it was just you seeking to take attention away from me, Stevie Richards, and that's before he challenged he challenges to make the Singapore the regular match single four K match. Sure. So he still he still had that like vainful, like um, not vainful. Yeah, Vainful. Like, why, why, is, why is nobody caring about me?
1: Um, okay, yeah, I guess he wasn't so much face, but he still seems, like, lost in the tide right now. Like, he's just kind of floating, like you said. I, um, well,
0: yeah, because, I mean, he can't—and it's been a couple—it's almost been a year or so after right the Censor right now, right? Yep, over a year. So, like, and, like, since that ended, because that was such a big storyline— and he just kind of got lost in the shuffle, and he's just kind of floating around.
1: Well, but you don't have to wait long because commercial happens, and we get right to this match. And Rob, I love this match.
0: I loved it too. Oh my god, it was straight up brutality with the Singapore cane sh- with the oh, yeah. fucking cane shots.
1: My first note is Dreamer busted open. Mm hmm. That was head. early um he he exploded, oh that's later. he smacks him in the head out by the stairs to bust dreamer open yeah. There's a Irish whip into the stick. Does that hurt? uh
0: I mean, he bounced off it pretty good.
1: I mean he sold it well. I'll give him that, but I was like, I don't know if that really hurts. It's like stone cold hitting booker T with a pizza <laughs> no. we should We should just
0: go back and redo it for bonus content that since you brought that up and i'm getting on tangent we need to go back and do a, a live watch along of all of the grocery store brawl oh we should like do commentary <laughs> style where you start yeah. ours
1: the same with it yeah so dreamer's getting his ass beat most this match but i'm like why is he losing so bad and then i'm like oh because hulk hogan has the hulk up but tommy dreamer. dreamer has the thank you may i have another another yep and
0: oh. he, gets, he gets he gets the innervator of violence hulk up.
1: Yeah, I mean, he didn't say that here, but you know it's like a callback to that. And, man, did it pay off. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, Tommy. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is where we're, Dreamer explodes a cane over Steven Richards' head. Yep. And, I mean, he exploded a kendo and stick it, over his man, head. It, it,
0: it's it's surprising they ended it like that because, literally, Tommy jumped up on the top rope with the. This uh, kendo stick to do a like, double axe handle swing down with it. And Richards hit him with probably the second best super kick reversal from the top rope that I've ever seen. Number one is obviously Shelton Benjamin, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. But this might be number two because when he hits Tommy, Tommy just goes limp like yep. instantly. And then, yeah, he jumps up. Uh, Richards like walks over to grab the other cane. Uh, Tommy somehow miraculously pops back up, grabs a cane, and they run at each other. And Tommy just literally it just shatters the cane all over Stevie's head. Oh,
1: it splinters. It's great. I, I wish there was a gift for this because it's just beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy falls on, on Stevie after that. And one, two, three, Tommy wins. Um, It was a great, great fucking match in my opinion. Uh, I give it a 10 out of 10. I I I, I'm a All sucker. Right. I am a sucker for Tommy Dreamer matches. I am a sucker for Tommy Dreamer holding A I'm a huge Tommy
1: Dreamer. Mark, I'm so no, like, look, I gotta say this because you heard me at the beginning. I said I love this match. I gave I only gave it a three point five star though. Oh, uh, you're killing don't me! Don't take me wrong. I fuck. This is a highlight of the show for me. Like match wise. This was my favorite, but I'm like, I, I, get, I have to not let my bias come through with it, though. As much as I love, and I don't mean this as an insult. I tell my friend Brandon all the time, Sandman's one of my favorite wrestlers, because I love garbage wrestling, like garbage <laughs> hardcore wrestling. And that's, that's not an insult. That's straight up what this was, and I'm not ashamed to admit I loved it, but I'm like, as far as match quality, it was more jousting than a match for the most part. That super kick spot was amazing, but that was the spot. Uh, like, I gave it a 3.5, but I will say this was my favorite match. Just getting a 10 up.
0: If I could go over 10, I'd go
1: over 10, Greg. I understand, I was- and I'm not saying you're wrong or I'm right, because I was very conflicted when I was writing this down. I'm like, I don't know what to do here.
0: I will. I will you know what? I'm turning it up to eleven.
1: This Quit match gets doing good. negatives and 11s, Rob. We we this have 10 stars to work with. We don't have 11. The store ran out of stars when we went shopping. Hey, you
0: know what? I'm giving this one an 11 to make up for that god-awful mixed tag match last week.
1: Uh,
0: i fav- I was waiting for it. Your favorite catchphrase. I'll allow
1: it. <laughs> All right. Well, Coach is interviewing Booker T backstage. Coach is stepping up because... The Rock's not the only guy who can rest, mess with the interviewers and makes okay. Coach do the coach So
0: Coach is messing with Coach? You did oh, it again?
1: Booker, I, I'm out of it, man. Um, Booker says, are you sure you're not black? So he's pulling a, a Joe B- Biden out there. Yep. Um, see, and then I right? Booker T looks like he's seen a ghost. Because this is oh, where they okay. give it away right here. Yep. Eric Bischoff. The bane of Vince McMahon's existence is on Raw. Yep. He just walks past and says, Booker T, was it good to see you or how are you doing? I think it's good Good to see ya. Uh, Booker, of course, doesn't tell me I didn't just see that. But, tell me I did not just see that. You know when there's the backstage segments and you can still hear the crowd noise? Yeah, the crowd that, was laughing and having a good time for the spinner Rooney and Are you sure you're man. black and all that, and then you could have heard a pin drop. Yep, there that, was a collective gasp and then nothing.
0: I honestly feel like the that like him showing up kind of killed the mood for the whole the whole rest of the night because like the the first couple segments were real hot. That that the crowd was really hot for the the Singapore K match. and really be, really behind the comedy of this and then crickets, and it just felt like the rest of the night, like, the crowd barely got into any of
1: those. I don't think it's that they weren't into Bischoff. I think it's because it was such like a big thing, though, too.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like, I think it was just such a big shock.
1: Well, anyway, Vince comes out, and now the surprise is out of it. And I gotta tell you, do you wish they would have waited until Vince brought him out to get that live reaction?
0: I, I, I almost feel like it. Uh, yeah, I think they should have waited.
1: Yeah, that, that, I don't know what they were doing there. That was weird. Like, why would you show your hand? You have people captivated. Like, cause I knew what happened and I was like, oh, who's coming out?
0: Maybe, maybe they just, maybe they were thinking maybe it would be a bluff.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, he announces Bischoff. Vince is on the top of the ramp. He's on the stage. Announces mm-hmm. Bischoff. And then we see the hug that shocked the world. Yep, and then a handshake, and then another hug. And JR said, by God, he says, Eric Bischoff is our new boss. By God, am I a lucky, fat Oklahoman. (laughs) I don't know why that made me laugh so hard. By God, am I a lucky, fat Oklahoman. I just love how Jerry Lawler kept going.
0: I can't believe Vince is his strangle. I'm dead right there. Right there.
1: I bet they're both trying to steal each other's wallets when they hugged. Yep. Um, Bischoff, I have to say this, because this, I doubt, was planned, but there was something so symbolic and, like, wow, about Eric Bischoff standing in a blood-covered WWE ring giving a promo. I don't think that was planned. If it was, holy shit, give whoever did that a raise, but... Like, the man who waged war against this company, standing in their blood-covered ring, cutting a promo. Something about that.
0: Uh, Bischoff says he was the only person that could take it to Vince. Um, Says that when he saw the Ruthless Aggression uh, promo two weeks ago, that he knew Vince was talking about him.
1: Which, by the way, I did steal his clip saying Ruthless Aggression there for our intro. Yep. And our
0: new intro is amazing. Oh, thank you. Round of applause to Greg. He did all the hard work while
1: I was still sleeping at 6 a.m. <laughs> I woke up, I was so bored. I'm like, I gotta go rip a bunch of audio clips from wrestling. Um, talks
0: about how he was ruthless. He did ruthless business, like giving away the Raw results at the beginning of Nitro. When Which Raw was still wasn't a great day. idea
1: to say, because do you know the one thing that gave Raw the boost?
0: Given, yeah, the the Mick Foley winning title.
1: Poor Tony Schiavone, dude. Because he just had to do what he was saying. He took the brunt of that. But, like, who do you think was telling him to say that?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, He brought up Medusa,
0: a.k.a. um, Alundra Blaze. Blaze, Showing up on Nitro and throwing away the women's title. He said by doing all that, he made Vince change how he made his TV program. And that's why we have what we have today. He says he almost put Doby out of business and that's why he was so surprised when he actually got a call and Vince McMahon's voice was on the other end. end now,
1: of I've the seen line. I've seen interviews with Bischoff and that seems to be the straight up truth. Yeah. Is that he just got a call and it wasn't an agent. It was actually Vince McMahon on the phone.
0: Yep. Um and before he before he walks out and does his signature Bischoff thing, he said he says that this Sunday of Vengeance he will be signing Triple H, the one guy that he could not get to WWE or WCW to put the nail in the coffin of WWE.
1: Yeah, he's gonna get him assigned to, to Raw exclusively, right? Yep.
0: And he now, says that he, he's here to put the E in WWE For
1: Eric. Yes. Now, i have to ask you, like, fantasy thinking here do you think if Eric Bischoff were to get Triple H, like in real life to WCW? Do you think that could have been? I know he's saying it just for storyline here. Do you think that could have moved the needle enough to sway it in their favor and WCW won? No, no. See, and
0: and be, because you know that I know that you know that every interview that Bischoff has ever talked about that, um, it's Taker. He always says if he could have got Undertaker, he could have got Mark Calloway back. To WCW, um, WCW would still be open. WCW would be the brand.
1: Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Triple H would not have hurt. Mm-mm. You get Triple H and make a few other power plays. He could be right. But yeah, if we're bre- breaking it down to one guy, you're right. It's Taker. Yeah. Or let's be honest, Austin. You get Austin on Nitro. So, no, it wouldn't have worked. No, you don't think. No, cause, oh, because the uh, boss was the cool guy on Nitro, yeah. 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 Anyway, we, uh, we cut back from commercial, and speaking of, Eric Bischoff meets his hero. The Undertaker. W- because Taker's talking to Bradshaw, and he's, Bischoff is talking up The Undertaker, oh, you're so great, I always wanted you. Bradshaw goes like, ah, Bradshaw, our tour <laughs> champion. I <love> <laughs> Eric's like, ah, nice to meet you. It goes right back to Taker, and Bradshaw does not like being ignored. <laughs> that, that, uh, comes about, that comes that comes that comes back in the play later too oh it does it's a great callback we get trish versus molly for the women's title you know this match is going to be good but man they didn't call a single thing of this match because king was just complaining the entire match that his monitor was out
0: i fucking i
1: i oh god dude be a professional man mention it once and share with jim Oh, my God. My monitor's out. Hey, the
0: match is right in front of you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like you I mean, I, I get – I know they're not supposed to actually watch the ring because they're supposed to just be saying what the audience sees at home. So that's yeah. why, like, there's a run-in, they can't say, oh, look, here comes The Rock, when they don't know The Rock's here yet. So yeah. I get that's why they're supposed to watch the monitors. But come on, be a little innovative. Look at JR's. It's right there. <laughs> right there. It's literally a foot away. Oh, my God. He spent the entire match and later still complaining about his monitor. Mm. I could barely watch the match. All my notes are about I wish King would shut up about his (laughs) monitor. I didn't take any notes from commentary. Um, I I do, because sometimes we get some gems, usually from Taz, to be honest. But, like, today's JR's Fat Oklahoman. Taz singing God Bless America, humongous <laughs> mattress like rear end. We've been getting some gems from commentary these last few weeks. I mean, if, if I hear them, I, I write them down. Um, um, let me see.
0: Oh, I forgot to mention uh, when it cut to the roster's reaction about Eric Bischoff being the new GM. Did you see what The Undertaker did to the camera? No. He fucking
1: flipped it off when I was panning past him.
0: Oh, I didn't see that. Right when he got to him, he started scratching his nose with his middle finger.
1: Oh, you know what? I did see. Yeah, I did catch that.
0: This, this, um, back back to the Trish Molly match. Sorry, guys. I'm way out here in left field. (laughs) Uh, it was a good match,
1: I thought. Yeah, it was. It was short. It was a good match. I mean, Molly's been putting on these great matches these past few weeks. Like, like I said, no offense to Tori Wilson, but she put on a good match with Tori on SmackDown. So, like, Molly's really putting in a lot of work here.
0: I, I, feel, like, I feel like, just like the Tori match, I feel like this this match could have went a, just a couple more minutes.
1: I know. And, I mean, we're going to get that time and time again, looking at these women's matches from this time period.
0: Yeah. Especially, especially with Trish and Molly being in the ring together. Because I think right now... They would be what we consider part of like the four horsewomen. It'd be like Molly. Oh, for this
1: time it'd be Trish, Molly. Yeah. Molly, Lita. Huh?
0: Maybe we only have three.
1: <laughs> well, Victoria comes in soon.
0: Yeah, yeah, but like Trish and Molly are definitely like Hogan Sting. Of this yeah. era for women's wrestling, WWE. So, and
1: like, they could put on a clinic if you give them the uh-huh. time.
0: Yeah. Uh, Trish had a really nice strat or stratosphere in this. That's
1: mm-hmm. Um, Molly. Um, the match ends with Molly countering a stratisfaction into a backbreaker pin, and she into a backbreaker and pins her using the ropes. So Molly wins. I did not like that. What her cheating? Yeah, I did. I mean, she's
0: the heel. I get it, but like, I I don't know. I just didn't like it.
1: I I was okay with it because Molly was such a heel. I expect it. She um, she did a lot of awesome
0: stuff in the match. Um, she did. That. Goes, oh, sorry, Dad. Uh, Molly does a really good like sidewalk backbreaker.
1: Yeah, I did catch that.
0: Um, but she, she like she always has done it really
1: good. What did you give it? I gave a six point five. Six out of ten for me. There, right. there we go.
0: We're back on. <laughs>
1: uh, we get Flair talking to Bischoff. They obviously don't like each other. Nope,
0: uh, Bischoff says that what's in the past is in the past, and he wants to start pressure with Flair.
1: Yep. We'll see how that pans out. I have a feeling good. Uh, next we get the kind of blow off to the entire NWO feud. I guess. Kinda, yeah. Uh, and Big yep, and this is brought to you by 1-800-ATT, Which Snickers, and yeah, new Castro GTX.
0: High mileage. I can't believe that they, like in today's day and age, I would not consider GTX high mileage new. But in 2002, it was
1: new. <laughs> yeah. Times are changing. Uh... What was this match? Oh, yeah. Booker misses a chair shot. Big Show throws the chair in the ring. I have three notes, so I'll just read them. Show counters the chair shot with a punch to the chair. Yep. Show hits Booker with the chair. And Booker wins by DQ.
0: He clotheslined him inside out, which Booker T, for some reason, is the best at doing an inside out clothesline when it comes to the Big Show. Yeah. Especially seeing how he's like six frickin' two.
1: Now... I'm gonna throw out this should have been a disqualification earlier. Mm-hmm. Once uh Booker goes to hit Show with a chair and show counters with his fist, contact was made, I'm calling Booker T should have been DQ'd right there.
0: Well no, I think that I think that's what that's what show I think that's how the DQ went. Or no, they they rewarded the Booker T didn't they?
1: Yeah, uh from yeah. when Show hit him with the chair when he finally had enough. Everything with the chair that was introduced by Booker T, and yep. Big Show gets the disqualification. I call bullshit.
0: Um, the only other note I have besides your notes is um, Big Show did this stalling suplex spot again.
1: Oh yeah, he's great at it right here.
0: Mm-hmm. Which it's weird. He's he did it, he did it a lot in like this these first couple years of this era, and then like kind of disappeared.
1: Will you allow me to make with my limited sports knowledge a sports reference here. Mm-hmm. Mhm. All right. So you know Shaquille O'Neal has always been considered a good basketball player, but he could have been great if he put in a little more effort, but he was just content being a big dude who could make baskets pretty easily. Never really put in too much work with it.
0: Yeah, he was he was he's I guess he, you can still consider him one of the greatest big
1: men in basketball. He was yeah, but dominant. Yeah, but he never improved on it. Is the general consensus I get from people?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because he sucked at free throws. He sucked at mid-range jumpers. And there's a shit ton of big men, even in even in his era, that could make a free throw and could make a mid mid-range jumper from outside the paint. He could only dunk it or shoot hooks
1: now, in the paint. That's how I kind of consider Big Show at times. Not to not thank him for his years of service and entertainment, but I always feel he was on the verge of being great. He just never really expanded like could, his move set. Never really tried anything too new. And I, I think the problem with
0: that is he get he got compared so much to Andre and
1: that they started like, working like him.
0: Well, no, that. Well, yeah, yeah. As much as he hated it, yeah, he he kind of got slumped into that work. Yeah. I mean, you can't say that about Andre, because Andre, when he was younger and up until he started having all the health issues, he would fly around the ring. Yeah. He would do some crazy stuff. Like you, you watch some of his pre-Hill Andre with Heyman stuff. Like, he was he was
1: Heenan. a good... Heenan. Yeah. Now I'm doing it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, believe me, I was going to let it go. like, no, Rob wasn't letting me go at all. <laughs>
0: uh booker t gets put through the announce table so fuck
1: your monitor jerry lawler yeah there you go (laughs) complain about this one i wish they would have fixed it right before then that (laughs) would have made me so happy um and yeah that's that i I write why is show treated as a heel for retaliating by booker t because for real it's, he was literally just attacked. He's out there trying to have a fair sporting contest, and Booker T's just trying to beat the man with the chair. He just mm-hmm. retaliated in self-defense. Yeah,
0: that's weird. Because you um, are right. In, in today's day and age, when Big Show punched a chair, it would have been a DQ on... Big Show would have
1: been awarded the match, and it would have been a DQ on Booker T. Like Which Ellie should be. mm mm-hmm. um, Lesnar is curl- curling... The girder—is that what you would call it? Um, what'd you give that match? Oh, <laughs> two.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna say we're on the, the we're on the different. I like that match.
1: Oh, what'd you give?
0: I gave it an eight out of ten. I had a lot of back and forth, a lot of good storytelling. Woo! You got six yeah. stars
1: between us there.
0: Yeah. Um, that's actually a piece of the SmackDown stage.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of the girders, right?
0: Yeah. Like the it's scaffolding fucking, and stuff. It takes like four people to put it up.
1: Uh, Les fucking- well, that's just aluminum that one. to put it together, yeah, but just to hold it, yeah. I think you could hold it. But anyway, it looks impressive either way. Lesnar's backstage curling it, then Heyman's being conniving and tells him Taker has no idea why they're teaming. That's um The um it's, I, this is something that still gets me in modern wrestling. It got me back then. It is well known that the show is played backstage because you'll see people watching the TV when their yeah. enemy is in the ring. Yeah. So if you're doing some conniving plan, don't talk about it right next to the cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> I get it because it's a TV show at the end of the day, but don't it insult is. my intelligence. You don't need to have that segment in there. We'll get that it's a setup later.
0: Or well, you even K-Fab, like... Um, Like Undertaker, they, they had obviously had the show playing in the locker room. So if Undertaker's lacing his boots up and, he, and the TV's loud enough, he's going to hear that Heyman manipulated him to help destroy RBD for Lesnar. So there's not much for him. <laughs> Undertaker
1: getting ready. You're like, he hears, he has no idea. He's like, hey, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> are they talking <laughs> about me? Can you
0: imagine? Like, he like pulls his boots tight and oh, I got a fucking idea now, Polly
1: boy. <laughs> Never once has someone done something like that, and before they could execute, their plan just got beat down. Like, how do you do this? I watch the TV, you idiot. Never. (laughs) Uh, And then Lesnar,
0: after all this, just fucking whipped that stage piece like it was a pebble.
1: Did you hear the voice? (laughs) He goes, oh, I love my job. Someone that got whacked with the stage piece, apparently. It was real low. I had to rewind it and turn the volume up. <laughs> it was great. I didn't hear that. Sorry. Yeah, I rewound it. It was one of those, like, real little, real low sounds. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. <sighs> uh, next, we get Christopher Nowinski versus Bradshaw for the hardcore title, Rob. Uh, Jim
0: Ross and King paid respects to a WWE employee. Uh,
1: oh, yeah, it. I forgot to write this. Good. uh. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, I can't. I I don't remember his name. Well, I he's remember.
1: basically the merch guy, which is a huge part of the company. So that was nice yeah. of to do that. So,
0: yeah, I'm I'm really surprised this is for the hardcore title.
1: Yeah, well, we get an ad for Ozfest.
0: Yeah, that that's a, Billy Kidman and Tori Wilson at Ozfest. Yeah, hell yeah. I would have went.
1: That's like I met Paige at Warped Tour the last time they had it. Guess who didn't, Rob? <laughs> Rob was working repo I was hanging out with Paige God damn um, Chris Nowinski gets on mic He doesn't want the hardcore match I will allow you to beat me He lays down for Bradshaw to pin him And reverses into a roll up Hardy har har Who could not see that coming It did not work though
0: <laughs> oh. Bradshaw, um, Bradshaw You were about to say what I was
1: going to So go for it <laughs> He threw him into the
0: fucking camera man
1: Yes he did
0: <laughs> And the fucking cameraman was pit like, not the cameraman but like
1: The assistant the, guy, yeah. Yeah like, the cord the like, cables the cord, and stuff, Yeah,
0: the cord guy was like, What the fuck? <laughs> uh
1: they fight through the arena in the backstage and then I don't know who this man is. I know his name now. Tony Johnny the Bull Stambuli. Yeah,
0: Johnny the Bull Stromboli is what I called him.
1: Uh Kendo stick to Bradshaw covers him because Hardcore title still applies even during a hardcore title match. Boy,
0: uh, yeah. well, he has his own separate ref.
1: Yep. And he was wins. Was it a, a Kendrick? I it mean, he the hardcore stick? title. Yep, it was a candy stick.
0: I thought it was a two by four.
1: <laughs> no, because <laughs> I, I was, was like, far. man, there's a lot of Kendrick sticks here.
0: They must have got a good deal at uh, Value Outlet or something. I was going to say,
1: maybe they're made in New Jersey. I don't know. <laughs> um, how do we rate these things?
0: I. I I, it turned into a segment for me, so I just didn't rate Okay,
1: it. that's what we'll do. Because, like, any, like, hardcore title match that isn't really a match, we'll just treat it as a segment. Very good.
0: If it, if it ends up in the backstage area and another person that wasn't originally scheduled in in the match shows up, it turned into a 24-7 title picture okay.
1: segment. We'll do that. I, mean, I like that because I'm like, I don't know how to rate these things. I mean,
0: th- think about, like, when... Yeah, that's your era when like Crash Holly was the champion and he was get trying to get people were trying to pin him at the freaking water park.
1: Yeah, do I have to rate each of those things? That's what I mean. Yeah.
0: Like crazy.
1: Uh we get a big show Eric Bischoff segment. Nothing very important there.
0: It says he's glad to hear about him. Uh glad to hear see that he's here. Um and, you know, he said He was a little worried. All all of his boys in the NWO got killed off and blah, blah, blah. But now that he's here, he knows he's in good hands. Uh, He asked for a a match of vengeance with Booker T with no DQ, no count, because that's how the last two matches besides the six-man tag, or the eight-man tag ended. Um, Bischoff says he's not sure if he can do that on his first night off. He doesn't want to piss Vince off making a pay-per-view match.
1: Why was that Pins Vince off? That's your job, dude. That'd yeah. be like me getting hired as a cashier. And someone fucking, comes up know. to me with their groceries. I'm like, I don't want to make the boss mad on my first day by doing this. I can't take your money. That, the, the boss should be here to take it. Ugh. Anyway, they make the match. He goes, because he has clothes on with it. The Stromboli man is talking to Bischoff. They're all happy. Bradshaw <laughs> runs in <laughs> screaming, clothes on <away> from <laughs> hell. <laughs> wins back his title. do it greg do it i'm bradshaw hardcore champion (laughs) nice to meet you nice to meet you yeah nice to meet you so that was our callback from earlier um Um,
0: next we get our main event well uh, we get a segment beforehand and uh cuts to Heyman saying that the anticipation is better than sex while he lays out the, their plan to become IC champion and undisputed champion at the same time. Uh, Heyman says it's the summer of the next big thing and the Undertaker interrupts. We have a stare down and Heyman starts to try to run his mouth about how much Brock respects the Undertaker. And we get a pow. Heyman An- shuts another,
1: up. You remember Step Brothers where Rob Riggle's character was going POW! That's what it sounds like <laughs> every time Brock Lesnar says pow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow! Are you saying Paul? <laughs> Paul? But yeah, we get our main event next, which is Lesnar and Taker versus Flair and RVD. I, I wrote this down, not about a move or anything, but I wrote, Flair and fits, fits in perfectly to this match, and it's a real stunning contrast from Hogan in the tag match last episode. Yeah. Like, Flair is a guy who knows how to adapt his style, And work with younger guys and their styles. And not stick out like a sore thumb. Like, well, I'm going to make you work my style when I'm in there. You know what I mean? Like, he adapts and well. And that's why Flair is the fucking goat and not Hogan.
0: You know why? Why? Because Flair's an actual wrestler. Hogan's an entertainer. Hogan has...
1: Well, no. Not to take away from Flair's entertaining abilities, either. That man is entertaining as hell. In and out of the ring.
0: He's a wrestler as core, though. He always has been. Yep. Hogan, on the other hand, is an entertainer as core, wrestler second. At least, when Hogan first started, he was a wrestler first, entertainer second. But now... Until
1: Hulkamania.
0: Hulkamania happened, and he got the five moves of doom, and then boom. So that's why he looks so outplaced in any match that isn't him. Hulking up after getting beat the shit out for ten minutes... Hitting two, hitting a couple punches, two body slams, and then the atomic leg drop after the boot.
1: But I just wanted to say that and give Flair a little well earned praise there, how he's able to do that. Um, I did like one moment where uh, Flair had the figure four on Undertaker, and yep. Taker did the dead man sit-up. Yep, and choked him. Yep, and, and then and this all... is not too far removed from their mania match either. Their uh, WrestleMania 18 match, which was a bloody, violent match, and I loved that match.
0: Um, Paul Heyman called RBD an asshole during his en- when he got into the ring during his entrance.
1: Yeah. I don't know if you heard that or saw that. I did um, not, but I don't doubt it. Um, For it being Taker in there, him and Lesnar are working straight heel, though. This oh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, Taker has... I know like- he's the
1: anti-hero. We've been over that, yeah. but... But to be teaming with Lesnar, I was like, I wonder if they'll have like heel face dynamic. No, they're just working straight heel.
0: Nope, they're just working straight ass beaters, almost yep. like APA. Um,
1: um, how did it end? Oh, a uh, last ride to Rob Van Dam.
0: After uh last ride attempt that got gets Flair chopped away, Flair eats. A-
1: F five, a big F5. Lesnar, I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, a big one. Maybe it's because Flair's as easy to throw around, but that was a big F five. Um, Lesnar eats a five
0: star frog splash, then RVD gets a last ride.
1: Man, you know what Lesnar comparing and contrasting to Lesnar now? That thing he does where he throws the guy into the turnbuckle and just like slams his shoulder into them over and over. Mm-hmm. When he did that in this match, they looked like they hurt, and he was like. Pulling up and, like, running in each time. Now it's just kind of like, ah, ah. But, man, he felt, like, terrifying. I I was scared for for Ric Flair there. I was like, oh, no, he's going to kill him.
0: I honestly dread watching current Lesnar matches. And it sucks because watching this era Lesnar is so good. He, he is was the next
1: big thing here. And if he would have stuck around, he would have been. like. And that's not to take away from Lesnar now, let's be honest. Like, As much as I may not like his matches that much now, he is a certified monster, and they have built him properly and well in that respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in ring, there is zero comparison. I'd rather
0: have this Lesnar. Over
1: exactly. Over. That's, what I, that's what I'm saying. But, uh, yep, they win with that last ride. Um, And guess what happens, Rob? Wasn't her taxi Undertaker after the match with the title. Oh, what sneaky fun. (laughs) We manipulated him. (laughs) Uh, 7.5 for me. Six. Okay, that's close enough. I'll take that. Wow, Um, what what a raw. Oh, you forgot the very last segment. What was that? Eric Bischoff is making a phone call to The Rock.
0: Uh, I, um, I stopped watching after the F5, because that's yeah. when you texted me. I, I missed that.
1: Yeah, Eric Bischoff making a phone call to The Rock, so what they're doing with his character is, just like his WCW thing, he's trying to steal guys from the other brand, which yep. is smart. Perfect, because that's how he was in real life. That's how his character should be. He's, uh,
0: he's trying to make Raw the biggest brightest brand.
1: All right. Whoa. That was a fun Raw. A, a very monumental Raw, too. Very uh, very action-packed. So, Rob, favorite match of the night?
0: Um, Probably Dreamer and Richards.
1: As I've said, same with me. I did not think it was the best, but by God, am I a happy fat Oklahoman? It was my favorite. <laughs>
0: I'm a happy uh, fat Pennsylvanian, and yep. it was definitely... I just, it's so weird. Not Nowadays, you barely see blood. And if you do, the rep instantly pulls out rubber gloves and tries to get the bleeding to stop. Or, you know, let, I don't know if it was actually part of the match, but the one that I always bring up is Finn Balor and um, Samoa Joe at Takeover, where Samoa Joe accidentally got broken open and they were literally going to stop the match. Like, yeah. like if that match would have happened in today's standards, it got ruined for me but since it happened in the RA era this match
1: rolled I love this match now what do you what was your favorite non-wrestling moment um I would have to say probably
0: the Booker T it's like uh, I would probably say the Booker T segment with Coach into Vince announcing Eric and Eric's promo.
1: I and just coach. want Eric's promo. Like, is is so huge for me. Like, and the announcement of him and everything. Now, I don't know. Dude, this is Eric Bischoff on Raw. Like, we don't, we don't think anything of it now. But he was just on Dynamite th- like a week ago. But we don't think of it now. But Eric Bischoff on Raw. How huge is that? Uh, back, in, back in this day and age?
0: Yes. Huge. He he was the enemy. He was he didn't even come along for the invade. Like he even says it, not the watered down invasion angle. WCW saw no the multi million dollar juggernaut that almost ran this company into the ground. Like,
1: and he's right. None of that's kayfabe. Like he tried to destroy the WWE.
0: Mm hmm. And he almost did it. He was the only person that almost did it.
1: And, All right. Like, for those of you who are first time listeners. One, as always, thank you. This is my favorite question. We're in the writer's room. We have to change one thing. Even if we think it's a perfect show, we have to change one thing. It can be anything. Rob.
0: What do I change, Greg? Um, I'm going to go with the women's match. I would definitely give them at least three more minutes, maybe five more minutes. Very um, good. I, uh, I would not have, even though she's a heel... I, I think you're trying to showcase Molly as the dominant woman because she ha- is the women's champion. So I don't think you would have had her use the ropes um, for the pin.
1: Fair point. I go as funny as it was, you move Booker T meeting Bischoff to later to have that big reveal live, mm-hmm. not backstage. You don't know who the GM is. Vince announces him. He comes out, and get that shocked crowd.
0: Like kid did it right afterwards too, like on um, Bishop's on his way back and like say like for some reason Booker T like had headphones on, didn't see any of the promo. And like coach's like, Booker T, can I get a reaction about who the new raw general manager is? And Booker T's like, What are you talking about? And he, and Coach's like, Well it's Eric and then that's when Eric walks by.
1: Exactly. How hard is that to move that segment just back a little? Yep. All right. We are on the road, and I mean at the end of the road to our first pay-per-view, Rob. Yep, we are. And he said it on his podcast, so fuck it. We'll just say uh, Lance Augustine, our good friend from Heel Turn Collective, Word Up or Bird Up, and one with the undercard, guy has too many damn podcasts. But anyway, (laughs) he is coming on to talk about Vengeance 2002 with us. That's going to be a fun one, and I can't wait.
0: Yep. Hopefully we can uh, not do it at 1 a.m.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll figure out a time. But, yeah. yeah, I was holding off on it, but since he kind of spilled the beans, he didn't name drop us. Thanks for the advertisement there, Lance. But he said he had some friends with the podcast, so I'll take that. We uh, I, I didn't even make it through
0: the whole way of the new episode of uh, uh, The Turn Collective, well, so I, you, thanks for ruining the surprise, man. It was,
1: it was on Word <laughs> Up and Bird Up, so just throwing it well, out there. Thanks for listening to that. I do, but I must have missed it. (laughs) But Anyway, that's going to be a fun one. I can't wait for that. Um, Probably no bonus one this week, because I'm not trying to sprinkle it in every week, or else it won't be a bonus. Bonus is like a nice surprise.
0: Yep. So, I hope you have been enjoying our guest spots. Um, I enjoyed having Carl on the show, and I enjoyed listening to, with um, Brent from Far From Fiction. Uh, the one you did with him. Uh, I personally want to thank you guys for listening to all of our back catalog and staying in tune with us every week here. Um, I know it helps take my mind off what's going on in the world. So watching, you know, 2002 wrestling, then getting to talk to my best friend about it. So hopefully you hear our incredible hot takes and tangents, and it helps get your mind off it too.
1: For sure, exactly. That's pretty much why I do it. And because I'm an egomaniac and like to listen to myself talk. Uh, I Let's mean, not I listen, forget that. I listen every episode, too. <laughs> there we go. And if there were any audio issues on this week, I apologize. We will hopefully have that worked out for next week. But kind of out of our control, we wanted to get you guys the episode on time. I'm trying to keep it every Wednesday. So yep. the only other option I had was wait and come back tomorrow. And obviously tomorrow's Wednesday. So,
0: any uh, anything you want to add? You know, Bishop was on Dynamite, right? Yeah. First first time in twenty two years he was on a Ted Turner broadcast station channel.
1: That's something, isn't it? Like, yeah, it, it all comes full circle, dude. It's the insane. son of Dusty Rhodes is leading wrestling television on TNT and bringing all the best parts back and revolutionizing wrestling, not just as a repeat. Oh, by the way, I should say, because if you're listening to this, I, I like WWE, especially this era. We've been talking about WWE, but sorry to burst anyone's bubble. I'm an AEW guy.
0: Yep. I am just a watch bits and pieces of everything and pick out the best.
1: Oh, that's, I try to keep up on everything as much as I can, but if I had to pick that brand that I keep up with most, it's AEW for sure.
0: Probably the same here, Um, except I will, to close the show, I will say that um, the segment on last night's Raw, since we are recording this on Tuesday, August 11th, the segment on Raw, August 10th, 2020, last night, with the kendo stick beating that Dominic Mysterio took as a fan and as a lover of wrestling i think it went too far
1: i didn't see it i saw the aftermath and i wasn't entertained i just felt bad for the dude and i like hardcore wrestling but here's the thing it's got to be a match or a fight not just the... a segment
0: because it's all it was,
1: was a is segment. that them trying to get ray to resign i don't i don't know because all I'm saying is if I'm thinking about resigning with a company, and I see you treating my kid, granted, it's not like he's an innocent victim. I'm, he signed up for it, but yeah. holy crap, no. Maybe like it'll Don- be his Tommy Dreamer moment, though. You know what I mean? Like we said, thank you, may I have another. That yeah. could be the best case scenario. Maybe it turns into that for him. Yeah, I mean, his
0: the photos I saw of the aftermath, and then I watched the clip, the only other time I've seen a wrestler's chest look like that was Jason Gorey in the I, IWC Super Indie Tournament. I think it was 2003. He had a match with Loki, and then he had a match with, I think, Chris Hero afterwards, and they just slapped the shit out of him. And his chest was literally... You could see Lo, Loki's handprint in his chest. Uh,
1: your chest just starts looking like hamburger. Also... Yeah. Daniel Bryan in the first Greatest Royal Rumble comes to mind. Yeah. There was that 50-man rumble, and he was, like, the first one in, and he made it to the end, and his chest was just welted and, like, bruised and disgusting, like, pussy. Ugh. And, like, that's, that's
0: somebody's hands, and Dominic's chest looks like that due to somebody hitting him with a kendo stick. I did not like it.
1: Yeah, like, they're lucky he actually pulled through that fine without any major injuries. Mm-hmm. So. Well, there's your downer of the night, guys. That's, uh, that's the
0: one I don't like in professional wrestling this week on the, Ruth's retrospective. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, anyway, we'll be back next week with SmackDown, and then it's Vengeance, baby.
0: Six, we are six days away from Vengeance. When we cover SmackDown, we will be 72 hours. Buckle up, baby.
1: All right. For Ruthless Retrospective, guys, I am Greg. I am Rob. And good night. Sleep tight.